Welcome to season four of Exploring the Prophetic. We are on a journey of spiritual curiosity to see how God's voice can impact us and the world around us. I interview guests from every walk of life and background about how their relationship with God and hearing His voice has given them different opportunities and breakthrough experiences. This season, I'm also asking every guest how they got through a time when they thought they had heard from God or they received a prophetic word from someone else that didn't happen and how God helped them to resolve that. Come join our conversation on Exploring the Prophetic starting now. I'm always excited about our show, but I'm especially excited about our show today because we have a pastor, Terry Davis, who's the pastor of Christ Community Church, which is in Philadelphia. And what I love about him and his wife, Pamela, is that they've actually gone on quite a journey with their third son. They have amazing children, all three of them. But their third son, who was diagnosed with a pretty intense form of autism, and they watch God do the miraculous. Now you're going to hear where their son's at today versus three years old when he first got the diagnosis and how walking as a Christian, sometimes God gives you different options through faith and through prophetic words. Like when you hear God through someone else for yourself. And so I'm so excited about hearing their story about that. I also want to ask them about his ministry. They've had a lot of miracles that have placed them right on the campus of uh, University of Pennsylvania. And I'm really hoping to hear how that happened because I know it's a miraculous story. And so please stay tuned for my friend, Pastor Terry Davis. Hi, this is Shannon from the Bowles team. I want to tell you about an exciting offer for our brand new book, Wired to Hear, written by Sean Bowles and Bob Hassan. It's about connecting God's voice to your life, influence, and career. If you work for a living or run your own business and you desire to hear God's voice for yourself in the workplace, this is the book for you. Right now, you can pre-order Wired to Hear through bowlsministries.com. You'll receive a signed copy, a submission for a free grant, and many other exclusive offers only available through bowlsministries.com. Grab your copy today. Welcome to the podcast. I have with me Pastor Terry Davis. And Pastor Terry, I am so glad to be talking to you. We've tried to do this now uh, for a little while, and we finally got it. We finally got our technology <laughs> in sync. I'm so happy. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me, Sean. I appreciate it so much. Uh, what a wonderful opportunity just to spend time uh, sharing and fellowshipping with you. Well, you guys lead quite a church movement that reaches the nations. And we were actually going to be stopping by before the COVID situation happened mm-hmm. and visiting you guys. And uh, I think we were uh, using your building for one of our events or something, if I'm, if I'm correct. And mm-hmm. then we had to cancel. And so I'm so glad we still get to hear from you because one of the things we love to do when we're on tour is hear from the local pastors of the region because you guys have some of the best stories in the world. And I've heard some of your story just now. It is awesome. So thank you mm-hmm. again for being willing to contribute your story here on the show. And I'm going to get right into it. I mean, you guys have three amazing sons. They're all adults. And uh, two of them are married. And the youngest one, you have quite the story about. So let's let's go back into the foundation of that story, because I think this is going to help so many people see God and what he's capable of and who you are as a family in a different light. Mm. Yeah, I I think uh, the beauty of what God does is he he works powerfully through ordinary people. And uh, sometimes when you hear of uh, pastors or leaders in, uh, in community, um, you think that uh, they have these 
just amazing giftings and they're so superior, but they're not. <laughs> We're all just ordinary people and we go yeah. through ordinary things. And um, one of the things that happened was uh, we have two, we have three sons. And uh, when our third son was born, he was about three years old and he was diagnosed, diagnosed with autism. And uh, the, the, uh, the, the workers uh, and the providers down at unit at uh, children's hospital, they said that he'd never speak. um, And he would just do the kinds of movements and, uh, you know, inaudible uh, sounds and and actives that really uh, couldn't communicate. And, you know, when you hear that as a parent, it just sort of breaks your heart. Yeah. But one of the things that I love about my wife, uh, she said, and this is something that she did all the time, whether it was our oldest son, Ryan, our middle son, Andrew, she did it also with our youngest son, Jordan. She prayed what the Bible said about Jesus that he would grow, that our son would grow in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. She prayed this over them every day. I mean, just consistently. And we didn't let go when uh, the diagnosis came. It broke our heart and we made ourselves um, just available to all of the technology and the therapies that would help him. But within our hearts and within the confines of our family, you know, we just continue to say what God says about healing and deliverance, not knowing which way it was going to come. Was it going to come through the doctors? Was it going to come through yeah. some breakthrough, you know, technology-wise? Or was God going to do something supernatural? Now, did you and guys so, have any friends or anybody in your life that had a similar experience where they had a breakthrough? Or were you just believing in raw faith? Yeah, this was raw faith in us. We hadn't we hadn't seen anything. In fact, there were things that our school system, um, there were some therapies that they offered. And so early on, we weren't able to get them. Um, but then, you know, we pressed to get that because, again, we're just wide open. We, we have this, this statement that always give the Holy Spirit something to work with. And so however he wants to work through it, that's what we were willing to do. And wow. so... Um, we went through those, and and he went through that through all of his all of his uh, adolescent years in you know elementary school and junior high school. You know he had therapies available, speech therapy. He had this um, a one on one, which is an individual who will sit with him and help him get refocused. You know if he starts to wander off, you know just mentally or emotionally, they're able to bring him back, and they created a system where they could judge him and his grades and his academics. And so with this one-on-one, he always had good grades because they were able to bring him back and help him to stay focused. Um, and the, the, the autism, some of the, um, some of the side issues of it, you know, is that you're not real social, you know, you can't focus too well. And so uh, that was the challenge through all of his, um, again, elementary school and um, junior high school years. And, I remember wow. this this one Friday night, um, we had a friend of ours um, who was a prophet from Delaware. Our church is located in Philadelphia. And, uh, and so he's from Delaware and um, brought him in. We're in the middle of a, a teaching series. And he came in and taught wonderfully on this particular uh, Friday evening. But then as he got to the close, um, he just started moving prophetically just hearing the voice of God and beginning to share with people who were open to it. And so he came to us and he said, uh, Pastor and um, uh, Pam and Terry, can I speak over you? Do you mind? 
We said, no, not at all. And so he said something, and it was almost a picture like when uh, when Samuel was going to uh, anoint uh, David, and he's having a conversation with Jesse. And so he says to us, he says, Where is, um, where's your son? And so we pointed to our oldest son, who was on the worship team, and he was up on stage, and he was part of the singing. And he says, no, uh, you have another. And so we pointed to our middle son, who is um, one of our musicians, uh, the pianist and, you know, great gift um, for our congregation in that. And he says, no, there's another one. Uh, where's, where's the youngest one? And so Jordan, because of his social issues, he would sit in the balcony. We have a, a cathedral um, and, uh, you know, building is built in 1896. And so it's this, you know, big balcony, and he's sitting in the back in the corner, which is normally where he would be during service. And he said, um, he says, yeah, he says, come down, son. And so he comes down and with, uh, you know, again, more issues is that in the autism uh, spectrum, not a lot of emotion, not a lot of um, humor, you know, you're not really expressive. And so, but when Jordan comes down, he's sobbing. I mean, the, the spirit of the Lord has already mm. captivated him. That in itself was a miracle. And because everyone in our congregation knew what he struggled with, they, they're now in tears because they've seen God is already <laughs> starting to move on him. And so when he comes to the front, um, this, uh, this pastor who's got a wonderful prophetic gift of hearing God's voice begins to say to him, that God's going to give him friendships that are authentic, that God's going to cause his mind to be recalibrated, and he's going to understand like he's never understood before. And then he says, the Lord's going to cause you to travel, and he's going to send you areas that you're not familiar with, and he's going to use you. And so he just spoke over him, that recalibration, and, um, and then, you know, that was the end of it. Well, the next morning, we're all sitting at breakfast, and uh, and so we said, hey, you know, Jordan, what did you think about Pastor Tom and what he spoke over you yesterday? And he said, he said, that man changed my life. And so we wow. were like, wow, wow. It was, it was a wonderful, wonderful picture. But then the practical kicks in. It's like, okay, Lord, what do we do now? You said this, you did this, but yeah. what do we do now as parents? And so now we started to, you know, trying to live out our faith. And so in, um, as he was about to go into high school, we had to make a decision. Are we going to stay with this one-on-one or are we going to believe what God said actually happened? And so we took a step, you know, it was the beginning of the year. We, we took a step and we said, okay, let's remove the therapies. Let's remove the one-on-one, this coach that's with him. The first uh, reporting period for his report card came out. And, oh, Sean, it was just E's and F's and everything. Oh, so our heart sank. But then we had a conversation with him. And we said, hey, look, remember what God did and what God said? Do you believe that? And he said, I really do believe it. I said, okay, so let's agree with God. The second report period, he's on the honor roll. The third report period, wow. he's on the honor roll. The fourth report period, he's on the honor roll. This happens the 10th grade, 11th grade, senior year, graduates with honors. And so it's like, wow, wow, wow. 
in that senior year, and I'll, I'll pause after this and give you a chance to talk because you can see I get so excited about this. His, his senior trip, he's at a Christian school and they go to Costa Rica for a missions trip. And that's the first time he was out of our house. It was the first time, in fact, it was the first time he had been anywhere by himself. They go to Costa Rica and we get this text message from him. We thought somebody was playing with his phone. We got a text message from him that said, I just want you to know that God gave me a new language last night. And so we found a way to call in. Turns out he had been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. God had given him a new language and is working in him now as he is laying hands on children that are in Costa Rica. His statement was, what God has done to me, he is now doing through me. And so I'll pause on that because our mind was blown. We were so grateful to the Lord and we had such a journey that was challenging. It was wonderful to, to see, as the Bible says, the end of our faith. Wow. I just, I'm just so in awe. I'm so in awe of God and that just your guys as a family, just the way you guys walked it out, because I know it's hard. I remember, you know, we were pregnant later in life. My wife and I got married when I was 38 and she was 34. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even our first baby, she, we go to like a, a gene therapist specialist because you have to with our insurance because we're older mm-hmm. at risk. And they mm-hmm. told us, you're probably going to have this, 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 or this. You might want to consider terminating this child because mm-hmm. we're almost for sure this child is this and just put labels. And we knew a thousand percent that what they were saying was fear and not God. Like we just knew. Mm-hmm. But we thought, what would the average person in our situation do out of that place of fear? Of like, what if you have a child who is different than the norm? Like that's just different. And you have different management processes and different parenting you're going to need. And then let alone, like most of them don't understand there's a miraculous God who had an original intention over our children. And so just hearing your story helps me so much. And I know it's going to help our listeners just to stand with God, because now you have three awesome young adult men. And we're at the beginning of our journey. I have a a kindergarten and a first grader. And there's a Mm. big spectrum of our listeners who have children of all, you know, ages or want to have children. And it's just so awesome, just that that journey of faith. Tell me about, as a dad, a moment in that process that was hard for you or scary for you. Hmm. So I guess Jordan is in, Jordan is in maybe third grade and we went to, um, we went to pick him up. Uh, the school had called us and we went to pick him up. He had a cut over his, um, over his eye. Because in the middle of uh, communication and classroom time, he just jumps up and runs out. He runs out the classroom, Mm. runs down the hallway, runs out the door. And when he runs out the door, he hits his head on the door. And so they called me in and and he was fine. It was, you know, it was a it was a cut and it needed tending to. But the biggest part for me was that was when the reality set in in a greater way. Um, and that um, this was going to be different. It was going to have to go to another level yeah. of protection and care. And so Jordan's in the back seat, and um, I put him strapped in, man, and I'm driving home. And as I'm driving home down the road, Sean, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, 
I'm not confessing, you know, scripture, you know, I'm, I'm not even singing, you know, you know, wonderful hymns or, or worship songs. My heart is just broken and I'm just crying the entire way, just letting God hear my heart. You know, I think there are moments when as parents, where it's okay to say, this stinks, this hurts, you know, my heart is broken. This is my son and look at what he's going through, you know? And, and so that was a very challenging drive home. And when I got home, I even shared with my wife and there are moments upon moments where we have sat and held each other. And though we believe in our hearts still, there are emotions that come up with it. And so I don't want any of our listeners to feel like, you know, if you're in that period where you're still believing God, but yet there are some realities that you're faced with, you know, that you're insignificant or you're a second-class parent, or, you know, I want you to know God values you and he values all of us and he values our children. And so while that's a low moment, there was a moment where God says, I love you and I love him even more than you love him. And so that gave me some encouragement. Oh, that's like, that's it. I love who you love more than you love them. That's, that's our God. What I want to kind of um, switch gears a little bit. And I love your story. I want to go into even the fact that you and Pamela, your wife decided to um, pastor and lead this incredible church. These believers who are having influence in the community and nations and they're, and you're, you're raising a really transformative group of people. And so talk about that. Like how, what inspired you to go into ministry? Well, uh, you know, it was interesting because we were we were members of the same congregation and we loved our pastor, um, you know, taught on faith and strong in his faith. Um, generationally, he had some uh, issues in his family where uh, family members had, uh, uh, you know, uh, these these uh, brain uh, hemorrhagings. Oh, wow. And so, um, and so it, it passed down. It happened with his sister and uh, some others in his family. And here, here in, you know, 1996, the end actually of 1995, here he has this, uh, this problem with his brain and it starts uh, bleeding. And, um, and it sidelined him for a while. And it really, it was, it was challenging for him because here his heart is that I'm leading this congregation, but I'm having a problem experiencing healing. And so his friendship base wasn't as, as great and as broad. And this is a man with a wonderful heart who loves a congregation, yet he's challenged, um, in this. And so, um, for for about a year or so, he really had some problems, and with medication and and some of the side effects from the medication, and um, and sadly, in August of 1997, um, he took his life. He was mm. in the bathroom of our church, and oh. he took his life. Wow! Um, and just picture that for a congregation broken. Here's our leader. They're wheeling him out of out of the building. And so it was so challenging in that. And I was one of the associate ministers at the time. And within a couple of months of his death, we found out that there wasn't a succession plan. And so we had to go through the journey of finding out who should be leading our congregation. Yeah, You know, um, was it me? Was it the other minister who was there at the time? And so I asked the Lord a question. 
You know, when I found out that there was no succession, I said, Lord, what's your, what's your plan here? And he says, I have called you to lead the congregation. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, if, if, you're, if you're calling that, then I need you to make sure everybody, everybody else knows. Yeah. I don't want to have to tell anybody. And so, (laughs) and so he did, he made it so clear, um, that I was to be the one. And so, um, but one of the things that he did tell, tell me, he said, I want this to be a church that's established in love and in unity and my biblical principles, because when we were without our pastor and it was for about a year, it was challenging for our congregation and it can happen to any congregation. And and so, you know, things like, you know, slander and gossip and, and all those things that tear people down, those kinds of things bubbled up. And he said, I want you to establish them in love and unity. And so in uh, September of 1998, we started leading our congregation in that direction. And God brought about such a transformation that at this point, we now lead a congregation where we are known in the city, not for the brokenness that happened, not for the hurt and the wound that happened, but we are known for the love of God, the grace of God, wow. the unity in the body of Christ. And then the Lord said something to me. He says, I didn't want just this population to be close. He says, I wanted you to now see it so that you can now go to the other parts of the body and join in with others who are working towards unity and oneness globally. And so he gave us this building miraculously in University City on University of Penn's campus. Wow. And we get people from all over the world. And we get to bring about unity and oneness and send them back out. And we get to walk in apostolic leadership, bringing unity among churches and marketplace leaders representing the kingdom in the city and in the region of uh, the, the, the East Coast and the tri-state area. I want to go into a direction here. I love everything you're sharing because it's just such a picture. And especially, I almost paused you at one point because I'm mean, what a hard way to transition. Mm. But those are the times, Romans 8, 28, where either God works for our good or we're going to be gone. That's it. Like your church yeah. body was going to be done or God was going to work. And I love that even though you got it in, a time of real hardship and a real, I mean, that I just love the thrust that you guys, you had the grit, you and your family had the grit to do it and to go for it. And I love what it's turned into. I want to ask you the building story, because that's a radical, like you're just kind of, you mentioned it because it's part of your history and it's probably not something that's as current, but that's huge. Like you're in a university town impacting that region because you have space to do so. And so can you tell us how that came miraculously? Sure. We, um, well, when we started on that journey of rebuilding um, and coming together, and it was so many working together. We have so many amazing people in our congregation that serve and help and that grabbed on that unity picture and that love picture. And so we started growing like crazy because we started showing the love of God into our community. And so the building that we currently owned at that time we started busting out of it and went to a couple services and we realized we need some space. Well, one after one of our services, I was leaving and I was driving down on uh, this, this thoroughfare called Chestnut Street. And I turned because I was stopped at a light. I turned to the, my left and I saw this historical building. 
And I said, wow, I've never noticed that before. I wonder who owns it. Mm. And so I had my, uh, my secretary reach out, found out who owns it. I made the call, asked them, hey, are you interested in selling your building? This is who we are. This is where we're located. And he said, no, I don't want to, we don't want to sell the building. But we were still on the phone. You know, when somebody says that, it's like, okay, thank you. Goodbye. That didn't happen. We stayed on the phone sitting there. And so I began to ask him, okay, well, tell me about your building. He says, well, you can get about, if all the doors are open, you get about 1,500 people in there. And I said, um, I said, wow. I said, well, how many do you guys have and that you serve? And he said, 21. I'm like, wow, 2,100. And he said, no, not 2,100, 21. And I said, are you sure you're not interested in uh, considering the sell? He said, well, you know what? Let me talk to my team. I'll call you back. And I hadn't heard from him for a little bit and maybe about a month or so. And then he eventually called me back. He said, if you're still interested in looking at our building, come check it out. I went down, checked it out. It was in horrible situation because they really couldn't afford the repairs and so forth. And so I said, wow, but I, I saw potential in it. And I said, do I have the freedom just to bring some people in and look and so forth? He said, yeah. Well, the word went out. The word got mm. out that we were interested in the building and they were interested in selling. University of Penn buys up everything, Sean. They buy everything up and they turn it in either to a library or classrooms or dorms. This building is worth two point at the time, $2.9 million. We wow. couldn't afford that and yeah. restore it. And so uh, all the word is out there. People are finding out about it. He calls me on Easter and said, Pastor Davis, we made a decision of what we're going to do. He says, we're going to sell you the building. We're only going to sell it to you. And you tell us whatever you want to pay for. It. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. My, <laughs> my mind is. <laughs> pastors listening to this right now going, in the name of Jesus, I claim that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah. And so that was that was a picture. Now, I will tell you, God gave us so much favor in the renovation project and the building is worth so much more now. And it is such a showpiece. We have heard we've gotten awards from the, you know, the uh, historical society, all of that. Uh, But I will tell you, one of the most important moves was that when when that favor came to us and they said, tell us whatever you want to pay, it sounded great. But I had tension because these were still God's people. And so I said, Lord, what do we do with this? And made them a very generous offer. And then they said, you know, this is good, but we also have a $10,000 gas bill, a $13,000 electric bill. We have all these things and we want to continue to be a church. So I went back to our team and I said, listen, even though favor is on our door, Let's use this as an opportunity to sow and bless God's people. And so we doubled it. And as a result, we got every favor with contractors. We were able to do so much (laughs) and it continues to come in. It just continues to come in. So even though favor came, we wanted to do right by God and by God's people. And it continues to happen. Favor continues to follow us. Oh man, I, I'm loving just your history. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Uh, we have a few more minutes. I was wondering because we don't always get you know pastors who are caring for congregations the way you are, and, and not just locally but even beyond. What are you giving your people as a message of hope? What is God showing you in this season of 2021 
what are you feeling after, you know, post coronavirus with the economy and everything else? What are you feeling? Hmm. Well, uh, I, I love your podcast. I love uh, the way you move prophetically. And the biggest thing that comes out is the ability to hear God's voice. Yeah. If people, if believers are not in tune to what God is doing, then racially, it'll be a struggle. Economically, it'll be a struggle. You know, even where the pandemic is concerned, because God is always on the giving end. God's always talking. He's previous, and he's not surprised by what's happening. Mm, but many so times we can get distracted and discouraged, and it can happen to any of us. You know, no one has cornered the market. We just continue to press forward. What does what Spurgeon say years ago? He says, uh, Christianity is one beggar showing another beggar where to find food. And so we're trying to encourage one another on trying to hear God's voice. The biggest thing right now is that we're trying to love God with all of our heart. We're trying to make sure that we're in tune to him by way of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit knows all things. And so I'm encouraging people in their ears, their eyes, their, the, the, all of the senses of their, of their heart to allow the Holy Spirit to saturate them because he's the one that can fill them. He can, he's the one that can give them peace. He's the one that can give them joy. Even though circumstances may not change, they are filled and then they have a hope. I, you know, you said something. I, I, I never forgot it. In fact, this came out in June, I believe it was. You know, we were on a Zoom together with Ed Savoso, and you were the first one that, that came in and spoke. And you said something, and man, I went and told that to all of my white pastor friends, my Hispanic pastor friends, my black pastor friends, because that was at the height of the racial divide in 2020. You said, the area of your heart that is able to receive hope and joy, faith, it also can be exposed to fear, doubt, and hopelessness. So we've got to guard our heart. That's what it says in Proverbs. I mean, I'm, I don't want to preach here, but I do want to share that. Oh, Proverbs 4 says, above all things, guard your heart. Because out of your heart is where the Father will now use the Holy Spirit to to bubble up in you his opinion, what Jesus is saying in heaven, what the Father is saying in heaven. So your heart has to be guarded and protected. And so those are the kinds of things that I'm having our people to hear so that even though you can't gather in a building right now, if you invite the Holy Spirit into your home, if you invite the Holy Spirit to now come into your ears and your eyes and your ponder and, and what your will is saturated with, even your emotions, you can still, in a challenging time, have the peace of God and you can move forward and change the lives of others. That's so good. Well, Pastor Terry, our time with you has been so rich. And I just want to know, how can people stream your services or follow you in your journey? Well, we, uh, we have services on Sundays. Uh, we're just starting to get back into the building. and okay. um, But we're also streaming. We're continuing to do online church. And you can get there by going to cccphila, P-H-I-L-A dot O-R-G. 
And on there, you can see all of what God is working through us as we partner with the rest of the body of Christ, because we can't do kingdom alone. We're a body. <laughs> so yes, everywhere, absolutely. you know, uh, locally, uh, nationally, and globally, God is doing amazing things. And so we're trying to move from nationalism to globalism so that we can see how big he is. But that's how people can connect with us. I love it. Well, I hope you guys will connect there. I know that obviously you've heard him here and you've heard some of the stories and even some of the, the message he's carrying. And I'm just so encouraged by it. Thank you, Pastor Terry, for being with us today. And thanks for sharing with our listeners. Thank you for the invitation, Sean. Love you a lot, my friend. Love you too. Have you been enjoying Exploring the Prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this, this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're gonna receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership co contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on the journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic, part of the Exploring Series podcast. These podcasts are made possible by generous donations of listeners just like you. Become a partner or visit us at bullsministries.com with your one-time donation today. Also, if you are enjoying the podcast, please become a part of our family by subscribing. Connect to us at www.bullsministries.com where we want to resource you with our articles, books, weekly mentoring, e-courses, and more or download our Bulls app free at our web store. We love to hear your feedback. Drop us a line and also your rating, reviewing, and sharing makes such a difference in the world for people learning about us. Thanks for listening.